Are you worried that recent events have derailed your retirement plans? It certainly made us reassess all aspects of ours. And that's why we're proud to offer our listeners a chance to work with David McClellan, a fiduciary financial advisor from Forum Financial. David's practice specializes in financial life coaching and retirement planning. And right now, he's offering free consultations for our listeners if you mention the podcast. As part of this consultation, David can help you understand your financial freedom number and what that means to you in assessing your future financial plans. If you want to build wealth, if you want to make optimal decisions within your financial life, David is someone you need to talk to. You can reach him at 312-933-8823. Once again, that's David McClellan at 312-933-8823. He's located in Austin, Texas, but he's got a nationwide clientele. Do yourself a favor and get some great financial advice for free and see if you might want to work with Mr. McClellan. I think you'll be happy with your phone call. Recording in progress, says Zoom. Texas in progress, says the internet. Randy. Texas Longhorns are SEC bound in 2024. What do you think, man? That's why people tune in. Cutting edge, cutting edge sources over here, Paul. That's right. Well, let let's be clear. You are a UT uh, athlete insider. I'm a yeah, absolutely. I'm a, <laughs> super plugged in. I'm a D-list uh, local regional niche internet celebrity. Between the two of us, who has better info? Who has better sourcing? Well, I mean, basically, you saw a bunch of stuff yesterday where it wasn't going to happen, which should tell you all you need to know about why it is going to happen. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. So just as a fan, how do you feel about this, man? I'm glad it's not taking any longer than it needs to. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not familiar with the inner workings of the deal, but uh yeah, I'm pretty sure it's an ESPN Fox thing at this point, and looks like they got it figured out. So I am uh, only upset that we have to endure it for one final season. Well, to that end, I need a quick gambling prediction from you. I'm going to set the over-under per game, Texas penalties in Big 12 play, seven and a half. You're going to take the over or the under? I'd go with the overall. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. They they may revise the schedule <laughs> before the season starts at this point. But that's uh, great. yeah, I don't I don't think we're gonna get any favors. You know, I think the sweetest thing in the world would be to leave early as the conference champions. Oh, it'd be fantastic. I I yeah, I mean sign me up and tell me what I gotta do to make it happen because I'm in. But yeah, it's uh, that would be a very, very, uh, very nice thing to do. All right. Well, I'm going to keep our focus on the super cool sports like football and basketball. But I do hear that the SEC plays baseball at a pretty decent level. Is this going to be a pretty amazing baseball conference? I mean, yeah, I think it's only, that, that may be the sport that is going to benefit the most from it because, um, I mean, I think you could argue that the top heaviness of the big 12 is probably more prevalent in that sport than, than any other. I'm not saying that there's not quality baseball in the big 12, but uh, yeah, that's, that's going to jump up to a, to a whole nother level. I saw you guys struggle on your Kansas road trips, despite winning the national title, Randy. So don't get cocky on me, man. No, we, we, we definitely had our issues with with some people that uh, aren't viewed as uh, college baseball, big wigs, but uh, 
no, that 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 SEC baseball schedule is going to be one to really really watch. Dude, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, LSU. I mean, Florida. It's that's crazy. Like murder. Yeah, I mean, not, not not just quality of program, but I mean, just the the support of the the fan base is you know it's it's going to jump up to a whole nother level. I mean, you're going to see a bunch of schools that support baseball the way Texas does. Um, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to roll into out of conference week or out of, uh, excuse me, conference weekends that are uh, not at home that are be as good as anything you could ask for in the nation. hundred percent. All right. Football. Texas has to pay. Has to pay. I'm making quote signs. Fair, in the I air. was about to say, I, w- I would use air quotes on that. Yes. I'm using air quotes like the asshole in marketing on, on any conference call. Uh, air quotes. Uh, 50 million. Um, it's going to be offsets of trading games, presumably, between Fox and ESPN to include the Michigan Wolverines in Ann Arbor 2024. You think we keep that I game? Mean, we have I, to. Right. I mean, correct, correct me if I'm wrong here, but does it not maybe benefit the fan for scheduling for the next couple of years? Because, I mean, without this, I would say there's a decent chance that those non-conference games go away. I think we see Ohio State and Michigan go away if we go yeah, to the but, SEC without the payouts. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think but, we have to keep them now and, and use it to, to, to basically uh, do some barter between Fox yeah, and ESPN. So. I mean, it may, maybe it's not the best for the, you know, the schedule moving forward, but with the expansion, you know, I don't think it hurts you as much. Uh, but from a fan side, I mean, yeah, sign me up. I've, I mean, I'm all in for one big out-of-conference game and then an SEC slate. Well, and, and I don't think we properly account for this because when you remember teams, you remember their record. We don't account for strength of schedule and we don't account for the quality and level of opponents. You know, it's, it's easy. It's not easy. It's easy. It's very easy to go 12 and 0 in conference USA back in the day with a great team than it is to do it playing in a, a real league. Right. And if you've got Texas, you know, playing Michigan, freaking Tennessee, A&M, Arkansas, Florida. I mean, God knows what that schedule will look like in 2024, but it's it's going to be a challenge. I think you're going to get a little bit of your point here coming up in either this week or next week. I don't I don't know uh, when the basketball team's got to go to Tech, right? Yep. Um, team wise, you can say whatever you want about them. Their record is what it is. Uh, ask anybody that's affiliated with Texas basketball if they're excited about making that trip. The answer is no. Yep. And and I think that's the same for going to Mississippi State or, you know, one of the programs that you don't really affiliate with, you know, oh, wow, that's, you know, what a great road trip. Now, you, you make that trip and tell me what you feel like coming out of it. If you can. I mean, I understand uh, the Big 12 is not necessarily the, the cradle of civilization uh, in terms of uh, out of out of comfort, you know, out of uh, out of town destinations. But how hard is it going to be to find a Hampton Inn room in Starkville, Mississippi, when Texas travels there? Impossible. I mean, what, I I don't even know and, the geography of Mississippi. Where do you stay? I'm, I, I'll put it this way: when we played uh, Ole Miss in that Super Regional in 05, 
um, we started in um, Oxford and we stayed there one night and we ended up staying in Tupelo. Really? Like 45 minutes away. Did you stay at uh, Elvis's yeah, was at home? Yeah, we actually, it was, no, I can't remember what hotel we stayed at, but yeah, no, uh, we, we stayed there a night and had enough, uh, enough things happen to where, uh, we were relocated pretty quickly. Oh, really? You got the, uh, the hotel alarm getting pulled, getting calls to your room, stuff like that. Man, it's, been, it's been a bit, I, all I know is we woke up the next morning and, uh, the next night we were no longer in that hotel. <laughs> Yeah, it also sounds like maybe some of your teammates went out and picked up some old Miss chicks and brought no, it back to the hotel. No, that definitely, that definitely wasn't the case. <laughs> okay. No, that, that was not the reason. I'll, I'll put it that way. All right. Well, that's what I would have tried. That's, how, that's where my mind maybe, went. Well, let me put the, that may have happened, <laughs> knowing some of the guys we had back then. Uh, very, very possible, but that's not why we, why we moved. Okay. All right. Randy, straight arrow. He was all about the game. He was prepping. <laughs> He's yeah. sitting in his room organizing his sunflower seeds. Uh, speaking of schedule, our schedule, home schedule, just got a lot more fun, a lot more interesting. Um, are we going to play, are, are all SEC teams now, because it's a 16-team league, are we going to play nine games in the league, or are they going to stick to eight as they have been to give everybody the four game patsies and rest up and, you know, do the traditional SEC scheduling, which is, you know, two patsies, maybe a real team that's some rival or some whatever intersectional deal. And then late in November, you schedule your biggest patsy to actually get a rest for like their last two game home stretch. Do you think we go to nine uh, SEC games or are we stick with eight? I think it'll move to nine. Yeah. I, th- I think the t- I think TV will ma- or will uh will mandate it, but uh, yeah, I think I think it goes to a nine game conference slate. I think they do, and if they do, they're actually going to the SEC is going to go to TV and ask for more money in the contract because those those yeah. games are going to drive viewership and dollars. There's no question; they're not going to get that for free. Yeah, I think um, I think it potentially benefits both sides for for that reason. Um, I th- I think the TV side will want it. Yep, um, and I think it'll, like you said, give them a little bit of uh, bargaining power to maybe sweeten the deal just a little bit. But I, 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 if college football goes where I think it's going, I don't see any reason why it doesn't go to nine. I think it will. I think it's going to. I think you're right. At the same time, talk about moving parts all coming together. The the college playoff is going to expand. So the concerns about you know, because it used to be five, 10 years ago, people would actually argue, well, we should stay in the Big 12 because it's easier to go undefeated. You can't have a loss, right? If you want to play in the national title game. I always thought that was a specious argument, but there is a concern if you create the super conference of the, the SEC, the Texas and OU, that you're just going to all knock each other off, right? Well, dude, there's a real chance that what is it going to be a 12 team playoff? I think that's where we're starting, right? Is it twelve or sixteen? I don't think it's sixteen. I, I, I forgive me. I probably should have that on the tip of my tongue here, but yeah, I, 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 don't. I thought it should have been eight, um, and it's not. I know, I know, it's more than eight. Um, but it, the biggest argument that I've heard for it being more than eight um, is, I think that allows you to keep that one non-conference sweetener game 
um, you know, the, the Ohio, Ohio State, the Michigan, yep. whatever, whatever you have um, to where teams will still be enticed to play it, um, knowing that it's not going to really hurt them and it's only going to help them from a financial standpoint. Yeah, it's it's a weird dichotomy to expand the playoff. I tend to be playoffs should be elite uh, sort of guy. I don't think playoffs are for everyone. And um, I don't think every conference champion should be included necessarily. Uh, but the dichotomy there is that you actually encourage exactly what you said, which is you encourage teams to go play aspirational non-con games. And they're not worried that their season's shot if they have a September loss, right? Um, so yeah, I think if, if it is, did you did you figure out if it's 12 or 16? I'm looking right here. I think it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's 12. Okay, our, our listeners are screaming right now. Oh in the yeah, cars. 100%. Uh, but if you do expand it, you have the potential of a playoff with you know, six, eight SEC teams in some years. You could in fact have years where SEC teams play each other three times. They could see each other in the regular season. They could see each other in the conference championship game, and they could see each other in the playoff again. So, yeah, definitely, definitely twelve. Um, so it is twelve. I, I mean, I think we can probably agree on it. That I mean, if you roll into a twelve-team playoff, uh, regardless of whatever the structure ends up being, as far as if somebody gets buys or whatever, more than likely, you probably are still going in with two to three teams that really have a shot. Um, but you're still open to the, the random upset and yeah. somebody, you know, extending a season for one more game. And I don't know. I, I mean, I think those early round games will be watched. I just, I'm not sure how good they'll be. Just like you said, if, if it ends up being all conference champions, who knows? Um, I think the, the one thing will be the, the locations. You know, if if a quote unquote non-deserving team for whatever reason is able to host that game against, let's say, SEC number three um, on their campus, yeah, maybe it tips the scales a little bit, right? You know, yeah. I mean, instead of I don't know, let's say it's Georgia playing Washington, and instead of playing in Atlanta, you know, they got to roll up to Washington State. You know that that may that may change the whole outlook on the whole thing a little bit. So I don't know. Like anything else, I mean the the market will adjust if uh, if need be. But uh, like I said, I, I think twelve was probably four too many. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean honestly, I sound like an old guy here, but it's any playoff system is such an improvement over what we used to have, and I think. Younger college football fans don't really have a perspective on how corrupted it was and how silly it was. Yes. I mean, BYU won a national title by defeating a 7-5 and five Michigan team in a bowl by a touchdown. Yeah, for a long time, it was really messed up. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it got a little better, and then I would say it, it's been better, and now, you know, allegedly it's going to be a little bit – a little more – Legit, I guess. You'll, you'll just have to prove it a little bit more. But I, my, my whole outlook on it is, you know, you have the people that, that argue that, you know, Alabama should have been in it last year or whatever. You know, that that's, you know, probably the, the most common argument, right? Well, 
I mean, the Yankees and the Red Sox are the best two teams in baseball for almost the entire 90s. You got to beat the other one to get in the playoffs. Or yeah. maybe you're the wild card, whatever. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter that you're in the same division. You know, it doesn't matter that you're all in the SEC. Just go win the SEC or go win the Big 12 or whatever the best conference is. Like, you, you have your opportunity to get there. Like, I don't want to hear – Oh, Arkansas got, or um, excuse me, Alabama, you know, should have been in it. Like, they had their chance. You know, they, they almost lost A&M. They had two losses. They almost lost to Texas. Like, prove it on the field. Like, I, I don't want to hear the, the afterthought at the end of the season. Like, you had your chance to, to play your way in. But um, I think this opens the door for a little, a little more of a slip-up during the regular season. But um, I am glad that it will keep that – incentive to to play the big non-con in play i i'm curious because i've got two thoughts i want to bounce off of you do you like the idea of texas and the sec with the perma rival set up with a rotation beyond it in other words the idea would be texas always plays a&m oklahoma and say arkansas right and then so those three are always on the schedule forevermore then you have six sec teams that you rotate through periodically and they just change out through the years, right? And you, you could change them out. It's effectively two at a time, right? Home and home, home and home and home and home. You're going to get a Vanderbilt. You're going to get a Kentucky. You're going to get a Tennessee. Eventually, you're going to go to Gainesville one day. You're going to go play in Athens between the hedges. You're going to get to go back to Ole Miss. They're going to come to Austin. I mean, you know, look, SEC fans are fired up to come to Austin, right? Um, yeah. No offense to our Aggie friends, but it's it's a little more fun road destination than College Station. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I, do you like that, or do you like just a true? Do you like? Do you want to create divisions? Do you want to make a round robin? What like what pods? What 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 do you think looks good to you? Uh, tr- true fan me likes the perma rival and rotation because you see. You know, you kind of see everybody cycle through. Yep. Um, from a pure scheduling standpoint, I would rather have the divisions, honestly, where it's, hey, you're the West champion. You didn't have to worry about, oh, well, we played so-and-so this year and not them. Yes. And you got with the strength of schedule argument and, and all this. Like, hey, man, they're in our division. We played our division. What do you want me to do? That's the schedule. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, from a fan standpoint, yeah, cycle, cycle through Georgia once every four years or, or whatever it is. So here's a problem. And this is, you know, Georgia is the argument against it, right? Cause they've been the national championship the last, the, the last two years, but the sec West and the sec East have had a, a serious inequity for, for decades. Right. And it's not just at the top, it's in the middle and at the bottom sometimes even. So the, the concern is in the divisional format and the divisional format would be eight and eight, right? Uh, eight in the East, eight in the West, you play seven other teams. And then if you played the nine SEC team schedule, you'd rotate with two teams in the other division, right? You just keep rotating uh, as you move through those, right? That forms your total record. So you're not just limited to playing SEC West opponents. The problem is Texas and Oklahoma would be added to the SEC West. So you're just adding on to the the competitive disadvantage 
or mismatch and you're holy cow that's that's like a that's a brutal league talk about a black and blue division right yep so do you just change the fault lines and just say alabama hey you're now sec east uh, what, what do you how do you get around because i like the divisional idea as well i like the division idea um i don't like moving people just because they're good to create like you get, it kind of goes back to the the al east thing like i mean you know so what if toronto boston new york and tampa bay and baltimore are the best teams in baseball like that's that's your division win it um and I think it's something that I was doing while you were talking, I was thinking about it and I just pulled it up on the screen here, but I would say that the big 12 really kind of just off the, the top of my head back when it was North South, you think of it as it was pretty even. No, but it wasn't, it was not. No, it was a big I mean, 12 you think South. About like, Hey, Kansas state was pretty good. And then, you know, but no, no, it was it was it was a it was a South domination. Like, yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Like, I mean, I think it was maybe just because of the rotating power from the North. Like, whoever came to that game was maybe you know K State back in the Bishop era. Yes, uh, you know. So like that. It, in our minds, we oh, compress. Man. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not even close. So, was, so yes, every, every time any conference that's ever done this divisional thing, I think it's overloaded one way or the other, just because I think excellence raises the bar around them in football life, whatever. Um, but if somebody starts to take off those in direct competition with them are forced to either catch up or be left behind. And in college football, most people tend to try and catch up. You are a mind reader. I told you, I want to talk about two points. One was the scheduling. We did that. The second was, I have always argued, I've contended, I mean, I'm talking about, I, you can dig up old posts for me, 25 years old, right? 20 years old, that Texas is always at its best in every sport when it's challenged, not when it has the easy road or the ideal conference set up, or we should, we should try to go to this conference. Let's go to the Pac-10 because of this. And it's like, no, no, no. We're a lazy, bloated, complacent university with all these natural blessings. And unless you slap us in the face and challenge us, we're going to underachieve. But when you scare Texas and piss Texas off <laughs> and, and, and just basically force our coaches get better or get out, Texas responds more often than not. Uh, as a baseball guy, Texas has fallen on bad times. I, you didn't ever experience them as a player. Uh, not really. I mean, your your right, yeah. your goals at look. Your season was a wreck if you guys didn't go to Omaha, right? Like you were, it was a disgraceful season. Despite the fact that you won forty nine yeah. games and mm -hmm. freaking you know won conference the Big title. Twelve, right? Yeah, last two years conference title that, that doesn't matter. You guys didn't, didn't get, get out of you yeah, guys didn't, didn't get, get out of regional failure. Well, and this is hard for people to understand who don't know any UT baseball players. You guys didn't give two shits about winning the Big 12. No. Like it was, it was cool if you won it. Fine, we'll yeah. take the trophy. But your goal was to go to Omaha and and then be in the tournament. And if you're there, you can win it. Yeah, no. The, those rings are in a box somewhere that I haven't looked at in a long time. <laughs> That's it. Every UT baseball player I know has that exact sentiment. And yeah. no, that 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 was the expectations for the program, hundred percent. But 
I think those expectations, as, as tough as they could be, they set, they set a bar for you. And, and it wasn't always fair or kind, but like if you were kind of a hard luck team and a few games went against you and you had a couple of injuries, people were like, you know, you and I were actually texting about this and we were kind of musing like, oh, how good are we going to be this year? And, you know, and I just said, well, I, I'm a Texas fan. If our team is average, we freaking suck. Like, yes. yeah. like it's not even, I don't even have any like uh, grace about it. I'm just like, what we're, we're 500. Like we're struggling to get into the tournament. Like this is a disgrace because it's Texas baseball. I, I want Texas football to get back there. And I don't want eight wins to be like, well, it's a pretty good season. Well, you know, well, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I'll take it. It's a start. We're building out, but Double digit wins is the expectation for me in Texas football. Yeah, let, let's get back to the the Mac Brown days where we complain about Greg Davis and having the fourth best offense in the nation. Yeah, I mean, I want to get back to complaining about you know. I remember writing post mortems back in the day where uh, well, look, I God, I wish I remember what game it was. UTEP. We came out and Colt threw a pick six early. Uh, and we screwed around a lot and then we ended up winning, you know, 49 to 14. And I don't think we, I don't think we covered. So all the UT fans were pissed off. And I wrote my postmortem. It's like, yeah, you know, typical early game against non-con cult through a ball. He'd like to have back. That's an easy, cheap seven, blah, blah, blah. Right. People are like, I'm you're coddling this team. (laughs) It's like, man, did you want them to kill someone on the field? Like, what what do you want me to do? (laughs) Like, we we won going away. We had like third teamers in in the fourth quarter. Like, I don't know what you want me to do, but you know what? I'd prefer that to the alternative. Yeah, no, you're exactly. Yeah, we want it to be like an old Western where we're riding off with the opposing Apache leaders headdress and everything else, right? Like, no, yeah, we that's a complete domination. You guys aren't going to even play football for the rest of the year. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Count uh, coup, take scalps. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of an expectation thing. And, you know, unfortunately, we are where we are uh, from a fan standpoint where, like you said, it's it's different. It's different now than what it was back then, uh, looking at it. just. But, um, you know, hopefully we get there. I think we're on the on the right path. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it get back to where, unfortunately, uh, you just you see, you know, us as fans get to complain about little stupid trivial stuff that why is our left defensive end not have any sacks and our right defensive end has all of them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have six sacks. Why, why can't we scheme this correctly? I don't understand. Like, obviously, we- all they got to do is roll to the left, right? Yeah. <laughs> we had six sacks and Tim Crowder didn't have any. Yeah, but, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, I, well, look, Let, let's make it a real thing to complain that Jade Barron led the team in in tackles for a loss. That's exactly right. When he had twenty, and the defensive tackle had nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's get back to Casey Hampton being a right. nose tackle with twenty-seven <laughs> tackles for a loss. Yeah, like, yeah. playing in God mode. Um, yeah, man, I, I, that's my feeling. That's my theory that Texas responds to being challenged. And I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of Texas fans. And I know you saw this, you may have had friends comment this, but like, well, it's good. We're not getting the sec till 2025. It's going to give us time to gear up and get prepared. Hey, the way to get prepared 
is to get in it and figure out like what you need to do to be there, to be competitive, because it's going to set the bar and it's going to create, look, I'm all about, I I like clarity. I want to be clear and I want to understand what I'm up against and say, okay, here's what I have to be to, to get there. I don't need to have this false sense of confidence that we win the big 12 with Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF on our schedule in 2025. And we think we're prepared for SEC football. Uh, I just, I want to get into it and figure out where we are. Yep. No, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's, let's jump in the mix and, and figure out where it is. And then, you know, if changes to me need to be made, let's make them. But, um, I mean, I think you see it with the the uptick in recruiting and everything. I I mean, you, you can't tell me that people or people uh, recruits and kids know recruits are people too, Randy. That well, <laughs> yeah, just not not people, but you know, above <laughs> unbelievable athletes that make decisions based upon these kinds of things uh, know that they have an opportunity to go play against the best, and I think that's part of. Uh, the recruiting uptick for sure, regardless of whether they knew it was coming in 23, 24, or 25. They knew before they left campus that we were going to be in what's the what has been and what's going to continue to be uh, the premier conference in, in football. Well, I'm feeling a little spirited right now. I'm fired about the SEC, and you've inspired me. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And in the mortgage industry, that's our friend Gabe Winslow. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. Now, when I say be the best, beat you know, you have to beat the best. Gabe is the best. So if you've got a mortgage guy and you're out there and you're buying a house, maybe you're refining, I don't know who's refining right now, but maybe you've got reasons. Uh, if you think your guy's good or satisfactory or he's your big 12, why don't you dial the numbers and see how he would compete in the SEC? That's Gabe Winslow. Give him a call, 832-557-1095. You can also reach him at mortgagesbygabe.com. Great dude, avid, fervent Longhorn, uh, 20 years in the mortgage industry, has a law degree, uh, very sharp guy, very ethical. Tell him that we sent you and uh, ask for the Randy Boone special. And uh, right. you, know, you got a good deal? Go shop you, it to Gabe. You don't even have to do it four times. Just, <laughs> yeah. just get it once. Randy refies his house like <laughs> every every month that has thirty yeah. days. But so, uh, some interesting circumstances we ran into. But yeah, it, it was an interesting little run there we gave. Tell you what, bro, you, you every time you did it, you improved your situation. You, you, <laughs> I, I don't know. Out. I do not know a dude out. who has timed these things more golden. And and honestly, you you deserve some credit for that. I think Gabe deserves some credit for that as well. Oh, yeah, he deserves more than me, but fortunately, it's something I know a little bit about, so I kind of kept my ear to the streets on that, but yeah, having him definitely helped us for sure. Nice. Well, go uh, go with the best. That's Gabe, 832-557-1095, and if you're in the Austin area, you're looking for a realtor, uh, look, houses are starting to sit. We've got stock sitting for the first time in quite a while in, the, in Centex, now more than ever. If you've got a really good realtor, you may have the opportunity to sniff out some good deals if you're a buyer. And if you're a seller, well, things ain't so easy anymore. 
The quality of your realtor matters. Give her a call, Laura Baker, 512-784-0505. It's 512-784-0505. An award-winning member of the Andy Allen team from Keller Williams. Give her a ring. She, of course, is a Texas grad, like all of our supporters on the podcast. And then finally, I'm going to have another uh, a spot for him. But this is a guy who's been with us from the very start. That's David McClellan. He is a phenomenal uh, financial advisor from Foreign Financial. He is a partner with Foreign Financial, by the way. Uh, really sharp guy. A national championship swimmer at the University of Texas, Randy. How many national championships did you win? One. Only one? Only one. He's won like two or three. Yeah, he, he's he's a little ahead of me. If you if you took Go away ahead. two of his national titles, he'd, he'd we'd be tied. You'd be tied. <laughs> God, I, I don't have any national titles. I, th- so I, think this, I, I think the swimming program holds that argument over a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> Texas swimming. Yeah, Texas baseball is pretty rarefied air. Texas yeah, swimming is like hold our beer. Yeah, they're on, they're on a little different level as far as uh, just having a stranglehold. I, ironic that their next level is actually underwater. But uh, <laughs> hey, you 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 will not steer yourself wrong uh, going with Mr. McClellan. If you're a high net worth individual, he is a phenomenal asset and a really important guy to have on your side. Uh, you can give give uh, give David David a call, um, and uh, he will set you straight. I'll have those numbers on the on the uh, ad thing. My computer just froze on me. Actually, can you hear me all right, Randy? No, you're good. Okay, I was, about to sh- I was about to share his data and uh, it screwed me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a commercial where you can get that info. Give David a call. Really sharp guy, free consultation. Just tell him your financial situation and he's going to give you some helpful advice. And if you guys think you might want to work together, go do work together. If you don't, you just talk to a really cool guy who gave you some awesome advice and... Uh, He's as obsessed and as big a maniac about UT sports as me, as me and Randy. So uh, those are our sponsors. Please support them. All right, Randy. Before, I, hey, before you get going, I, you were doing your deal and I got... Uh, hey, you're starting I, to... You're I, a little faint, buddy. I followed a squirrel off into the, uh, off into the forest over here. Okay. How, how many Big 12 champions won their bowl game since the inception of the conference? I still had this pulled up from a while ago when we were talking about North-South dominance. No, uh, so I can hear you. You're a little faint. Did you switch to the computer or are you getting on your headphone? No, I'm still on the same. Can you hear me now? Uh, I can hear you. Yeah, you're just a little more faint. I hadn't changed anything. Sorry. All right. Well, don't go changing. All right. So how many Big 12 champions have won their bowl game? Since 96 to 22. Whoa. Uh, 10, 11. Good job. Whoa. I I thought it would have been more crazy. I just, there's a lot of L's in the list over here, but once you count them up, it's really not that bad, but there's some high profile L's, right? I mean, that famous Oklahoma, Oklahoma, USC. Yeah. Very high profile L's for sure. Um, that don't look real good at all, but no, it's interesting just looking at it. That not not a whole lot of success. Yeah, pretty interesting. Well, guess what? After uh, this year, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't care. Uh, I wish Houston, I wish the Houston Cougars the very best from 2024 on. Uh, all right, this is an important part of the pod. This is the uh, aspirational 
part of the podcast with our SEC theme. Where do you want to go see Texas play on the road? What what SEC oh. venues do you want to go experience? Power rank them. Hey, man, you're actually super faint and a little bit uh, garbled. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't either. Maybe the internet. We've got some gremlins. Better. Nope. Exactly the same. Tell you what we're going to do. Um, let me stop the recording and then All we'll right. restart as soon as we get that squared away. No. All right. We're back with Randy and I think he's a little clearer now. Randy, uh, talk to the people here. Yeah, let's hope this is a little bit better. Yep, that's better. All right. I want to know your power ranked um, aspirations of, of uh, you know, money's no object. You get to stay in the finest La Quinta in this SEC town. Um, you know, you get a hot dog. You know, obviously, you're, you're not, we're not going to fly you out there. We're going to put you on a Greyhound. But, man, I'm going to go completely off the radar here. I'm going to say South Carolina. Just because I think that stadium atmosphere is kind of underrated. and. Uh, everything around that town, I mean, is pretty awesome. You got the beach right down the road. Um, I'm a golfer. There's a bunch of really good golf courses over there. Um, I know it's probably not in the top five of many people's picks, but uh, that'd be a that'd be a place that I'd be interested to go see. Night game for sure. I didn't know you were a golf prick. I'm not any good. I just enjoy it. You're good at a lot of sports that I hate. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it. Really good at pickleball. Paul. I've never played pickleball. Is it worth I have, playing? I have not either. I, have no I see idea. it freaking everywhere. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I think I told you the story when I when I had Tommy John. Uh, my roommate Robert Ray, who was from Lufkin, uh, was an A and M guy. Uh, was coming off shoulder surgery at the same time, so we we're both in slings for a while. Uh, and we had apartments in a over 55 community in Florida. And we played left-handed tennis every day when we got back from our rehab. So, yeah, I'm a big obscure sports guy. That's awesome. There's nothing better than watching a bunch of seven-year-olds walk, walk in the sidewalk looking at you like, what are these idiots doing over here? That is awesome. Yeah, I remember um, my favorite golf that I've ever played is I used to go to New Jersey uh, when I was young, like in my 20s, I was a pharmaceutical rep working for a biotech company. And in the Parsippany Hilton, me and six other fellow reps who were bored would come back from a day of class and training and whatever, and we would play golf through the hotel. And nice. we would use you know room glasses as our cup, and we would We'd set it up like a mini golf. Like we'd have, you'd have like a thing where you had to make it in the elevator as the doors opened. And we had, you know, they had little water treatments and stuff. And so you had to get it, you know. So we set up a whole course through the hotel. And the hotel employees were very, like, cool about it, surprisingly. How different is New Jersey from what you thought it was going to be like when you got there? Uh, there's aspects of New Jersey that are exactly as I thought it would be, oh, 100%. It's, it's, it's one of the most beautiful States in the country, but it's like that little pocket that's up close to New York. Yes. And then the rest, you're like, wait, what really? Yeah. Incredibly <laughs> yeah. beautiful and yeah. uh, very friendly people out in the country. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. Yeah. 
very, but very Newark weird. and the surrounding area, exactly as I anticipated it being. Very, very much on point. Uh, all right. You like South Carolina. I did not expect that one. Yeah, sorry. That was a random answer, but... Uh, no, it's okay. It's, it's your answer. All right, what's yeah, I think that's what I'm going to get it with. Give me number two or three. Mississippi State. What? <laughs> this is a guy from Yoakum's answers. This is great. I'm, I'm just going off the wall like crazy. Inv- oh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm completely... I blacked out on this. LSU. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. My fault. I, I do not like Baton Rouge or anything about Louisiana for that point. Uh, but that is a road trip college football experience that I think is definitely up there. So a lot of my relatives are from Louisiana. A lot of my family is from Louisiana originally. And we used to make that trick track quite a bit when I was a kid. And uh, Baton Rouge was never a jewel in the United States, I can assure you. But it is, it is a town that has done nothing but go downhill. Uh, that is... It is an interesting place, but LSU, that's about as fun a place as you can go to college, I can imagine. Yeah, sorry. No, I, I, I threw that out there. Uh, Arkansas. Yeah. For, for probably similar reasons. Um, very isolated, very much a local um, haven for, for sports in general. You, you uh, had to have played Arkansas in baseball. Uh, we played them in the World Series in 04 okay we played them in 05 we played them in the regionals um at texas they beat us in the first game of the regional uh i think that was 05 and uh then we came back and and got through them but um yeah fan base is pretty rabid um i'm pretty sure we got oinked at or something in the elevator <laughs> at some point in time but um not Fayetteville is, from what I understand, a really cool, nice area and beautiful. Like I said, fan, fandom up there is 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 kind of on par with the the LSU's and whatever the world. Um, I said I just say Mississippi State just because I respect their baseball program a lot, um, and uh, I think that's another fan base that's probably underrated. Um, Bama just doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. I mean, I know they're. I mean, we. There's no argument as to how good they are. Yeah. Um, I just. I don't know. Doesn't. Doesn't get me excited to go there for any reason. It's really Auburn, interesting. Auburn's Auburn's kind of the same way. I I share the same. I have no great desire to see the two Alabama schools like go to. A, I mean, I'd be, if you handed me tickets to go see oh, Texas yeah. Auburn, I'm happy to go. Like absolutely. I'm man. No, yeah, I'm there. But. You know what I got? I got. I got four of them for you and this one of them is your equivalent to south carolina but lsu of course like yeah Valley no, no, night come on yeah that's that's my fault for I, I that that's a screw up i'm sure people are yelling at me when i said something tennessee yeah no beautiful yeah. setting volunteer navy right on the water you can go check out smoky mountains national park like an hour south of you you know um, <laughs> Randy's. You're speaking. Randy, you're, you're speaking to the heart of the people here. Randy's laughing. Everybody, everybody wants to go hiking. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the Colorado guy holding yeah. forth. They they have hacky sack. Uh, <laughs> Georgia. G- Georgia was on the tip of my tongue at one point. Um, 
once again, it's it's an it's an Alabama for me. Like really, you hand me tickets, I'm there. But, yeah, but like yeah. Athens is a really cool town. Georgia fans yeah. are rabid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't think I'm going out of my way to purchase those tickets. All right, just all right. Me personally. All right. Here is the dark horse. This is your South Carolina, and I'm going to sell you and Texas fans on it. As, as a secretly great place to watch a football game, really friendly fans, beautiful town, a great road trip, Kentucky. You know, I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, I, was, I, I went to a wedding in Lexington. Yeah. A few years ago. Um, and we were like right across from Rep Arena and they had a game. Just just to see the the downtown area and everything for a and it was not a league game or anything. I think we were playing like a non con against who knows? I don't know. Seton Hall. Um, but to see the the reaction for for that and, and I know it's a basketball thing, but uh, you know, obviously the football programs come a long way in recent memory, but, uh, but yeah, no, that I agree with you on that one. Yeah. So, I mean, UK basketball, I mean, it's, it's like going to a Kansas Jayhawk game, right? Um, I I would argue maybe more intense. They have more fans packed in there and yes, they are maniacal, but super friendly, um, down to earth and, you know, just fired up about Kentucky. I've also been to a Kentucky football game, and it was surprisingly a blast. They have an old stadium, Commonwealth Stadium, right on the campus. You can, they have good tailgating. You can walk to it from their big restaurant district. And it's just low-key because they don't have that same fervor sort of for football. I mean, yeah. they're, they're into the game. It's an SEC school. I mean, they're into it. The, the, co- you know, the college is built around their sports. But um, it's one of these, like, old school stadiums with 60,000 seats and it's built in a bowl and there's not a bad seat in the house. And uh, yeah, people are super friendly. It's beautiful. You know, fall in Kentucky is gorgeous and uh, it's just, it's pretty. There's, you know, horse farms. You can go do a bourbon tour. There's hiking, Randy, (laughs) fishing, hunting. Make sure sure I take my camel back. Hey, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Kentucky's got elk now, by the way. I don't know if you know that. I was unaware. They released an elk herd in there, and they're doing really well. So now you can elk hunt in Kentucky. We haven't. There's an elk, um, and elk uh, uh, about an hour out of hour south of here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it popped up my uh, father-in-law's game camera. It's not a giant mule deer. No, it's yeah. Somebody's missing one of their uh, high fenced animals. They I was going to say it's it's Texas. They probably paid a lot for. Yeah, I, I got and, news uh, for y'all. If y'all yeah. if y'all don't know the high fence thing of Texas, uh, there's also tigers roaming yeah. around Texas probably as well. Yeah, I think I think uh, somehow we won't get into that, but I think a fence got cut, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah, no, I, we, he's got one of those cell cell cameras on his feeders, and it popped up uh, about middle middle way through last year. You know, randomly. You know, it's wild. It's been popping up a little bit here and there in the Texas-Arizona borders. Jaguars. Hmm. I'm not saying there's, I'm not saying there's like, I I don't think there's any more than three in the whole state of Texas at any one time, but Jaguars are starting to work their way up, um, which is really interesting. 
what I wonder what the concept was behind releasing the elk herd. So, I mean, I know like you hear, you read about it all the time, like up in the Dakotas. Yeah. Or I was, it was a, not Yellowstone, but, uh, but they, they released the wolf population, right? Or the, it was Yellowstone. It was the Yellowstone. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of like set everything back on kilter as far as like the, the whole habitat and everything when they release that herd of wolves. I there's, wonder, if, I wonder if elk have something to do with that from some sort of standpoint. Maybe so. Yeah. I, I know that when they release those wolves, uh, there's a lot fewer uh, elk, herd animal, deer uh, ron- yep. wandering around Yellowstone uh, because yep. a, a, like a legit wolf pack, they're going to they're gonna tear through animals. Yeah. Um, kind of throws everything back into balance. Yeah. And if, if you're a hunter, you don't want wolves reintroduced. Yeah, that pisses you off if if you're not allowed to hunt the wolves, right? So it's like California. When I was there, um, they've had a huge uptick in mountain lions coming into communities. I mean, yeah, we had we have a mountain lion that would come through San Francisco all the time, Um, and they wouldn't allow them to be hunted, which would be the way to put it back in balance, right? Right. So what what the state would do rather than allow people to hunt and issue game licenses and actually make people pay, like there's people that would pay 20 grand to go hunt a mountain lion, right? In California, they'll, they would actually forbid it and then send out state workers to go cull mountain lion populations. So they would end up paying people to shoot mountain lions because they wanted to prevent them from the satisfaction of hunters hunting them. Yeah. Awesome. Could have made money on it, but if not, I thought you were going to say they just went and put them in the forest and wait for the catch on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's one way. That's one way to do it. But yeah, I mean, when I right before I left the Bay Area, like it was very commonplace to read female jogger attacked by mountain lion, you know, yeah. you know, or, you know, people losing dogs right and left. And yeah, I mean, in, in the city of San Francisco, they there'd be. Uh, ring doorbells of a freaking mountain lion at three in the morning walk across someone's front lawn just strolling around pretty crazy but um all right well we've we've clearly gone yeah, I was say, yeah I was about to say, i'm sure people people are listening to listen to us talk about the uh biology so that, that that clicking sound is everyone saying talk please <laughs> I'm, I've yeah. got to hang up or get, get back to the SEC. Hey, I don't have a great deal more to say about this. I'm, I'm sure we're going to have more as more info comes out. What, what do you got, Randy? Any thoughts? I was just going to say, what, what's your least looked forward to road trip? So I, I don't want to go to Starkville, Mississippi, like for a football game. And I wouldn't, I mean, if you said, hey, I played with a dude in the minor leagues. He's a big guy at Mississippi State. He, he's going to hook us up. Then we're going. It's going to be awesome. But I would have no reason to go to Ticket City and go buy those tickets marked up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stay in some hotel 35 miles from Starkville. And uh, I mean, uh, would I go to the game? Hell yeah, I'll go. I'll go yeah. watch. I'll no, go watch. Yeah. I'll go watch yeah, Texas. Think... I'll go watch Texas play Vanderbilt. I mean, bring it on. But um, I'd rather you know be in Death Valley. I'd rather be you know between the hedges in Georgia. Oh, this. Uh, you don't have to hold a gun to my head to go there. That'd be fine. Florida, Florida be a blast. I mean, it's fine. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't Gainesville's in the middle of Florida. I mean, you're an hour, hour and a half from the beach. Right. But I think the stadium's cool. I mean, it's, it's great scene. You know, it's obviously it's a big time school. Anytime you play a, a school, like with some cachet, it's exciting. You get fired up. 
I mean, I'm, I get really fired up for Texas football in general. I get yeah. real keyed up for Texas OU. I get e- almost equally keyed up for Texas, Texas A&M, which is coming back. Uh, when we played Ohio State in Columbus, God is my witness, I was like shaking. I mean, I, do, I honestly, Randy, I, I went and I had to go do like an hour and a half workout before the game just to like chill out and be able to watch it. So we, we missed college station in the, uh, in the breakdown. We did miss college station, the breakdown. So, you know what? I've never been to a football game at college station. Have you? Oh yeah. Multiple. I go with my wife every once in a while. Uh, I think probably at least once a year. I forgot your wife's Over. an Aggie. Mm-hmm. They're good. I mean, they're good games to go to. I mean, it's, yeah. we've had, uh, you know, in-laws or season ticket holders or whatever we've had. We've gone to really good games there. We've gone to non-conference random crap games there or whatever, but they're usually pretty good, pretty good time. The the tailgating and the atmosphere around it there is really good. Um, Game atmosphere, really good for the most part. Kind of overhyped with all their, you know, we never leave early or them. They're they're fans like everybody else. (laughs) You know, if if things dictate them leaving, they leave. When uh, when you go to Aggie games, tell the truth. Do you sway? Do you lock nope. arms with people? Nope. Do you stand the whole game? Nope. Do people give you dirty looks? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I will sit. I will sit there on my bench, and I, I will. I will not disparage them, but they're not going to do that. Atta boy, that's my guy. But uh, but no, it's it's. I mean, it's if it's a good. They, they did their stadium reno right. Like it's it's a good when you talk about a you know good vantage points from around the the whole stadium and everything. Um, it's a good spot to watch a game. Like I said, the, the they're set up for tailgating just better because they have more space, right? When you got you know miles of parking lot around there, um, which unfortunately Texas doesn't have. So that that's kind of one of the one of the the big differences. I mean, I'm not saying the tailgate scene. At Texas is is not good. It's just it's so space driven that it's a little. It's definitely different. My sister went to some A and M games and does not want to go back. And she said the main reason is because there's dip spit everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's probably <laughs> if you're forgetting speaking of Starkville. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, a baseball player is not going to be concerned about dip cups or dip spit yeah, anywhere. No, I'm, uh, dis- I'm a little desensitized to that. You've, so. you've, you've sat in plenty of, of dip cups yeah. and had dip spit uh, come off your truck onto your lap, I'm sure. Yeah, but, but, uh, but no, I guess, I guess to sum everything up, uh, there, there's, not a, there's not anywhere there that I'm going to throw into Lawrence, Kansas status of no. Yeah. <laughs> not, not going. Yeah, like there's 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 no place there. That, I mean, e- even the teams that don't have the, you know, the high rep or whatever. I mean, take Vanderbilt for example. I mean, you know, people are probably aren't signing up for that, but uh, I'll go to Nashville. Yeah, I'll go to Nashville, no problem. Yeah. Um, so I mean, well, honestly, your cell on South Carolina—that's not a school I would have thought of. But if you watch a South Carolina home game against mm-hmm. a name opponent. It's freaking environment, man. They're yeah, fired no, up. Yeah. No, I, I got a buddy that that went to school there and I played with him um, in the minor leagues and whatnot. And 
I, I almost ended up driving out there for a game with him once, but uh, he, he sent me some videos and stuff over the years. And I don't know, just well, maybe just because I know a guy that has firsthand experience that maybe kind of recency, not recency bias, but I guess familiarity bias. Yeah. Uh, bias. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it would be a cool spot to, to check it out. Well, it's this is what's going to be weird, Randy, is we have our home schedule this year right for the big 12 and it's you know kansas and i don't know what help me out I, here yeah it's 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 not anything it's to get you excited baylor, uh baylor kansas texas tech that's like the premium game tech yeah right? tech, tech at home on on thanksgiving plus one is is the the big sell Imagine in a couple of years, it's going to be, oh, we've got uh, Auburn, A&M, Florida, and Bama. <laughs> like, that's your home schedule. And then you got roadies at Ole Miss, LSU, and, and you know, Mississippi State. Like, yeah. No, it's definitely different. That's, that's different, man. And I, I tell you what, Texas needs to get better. And I think the way Texas gets better is to to get be in the middle of it. To get in the middle of it, yeah. To to basically freaking let slip the dogs of war and decide that they want to get this done and not try to just exist, you know, or or bide their time for the right crucial moment that we can make the transition. That's not going to ever happen. Just go do it. Do you think there's similarities between Texas and the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. And I'm a fan of both. No, I mean, me, me, too. I mean I'm, me as well. But I, I think unless you're pressured to elevate, you oh. just are, it's very easy to just keep on trucking along as the brand that they are. And I think us moving to the SEC is pressure to elevate. I don't really know what would happen to make Dallas do it. But anyway, that just popped in my head while you're talking. I think we have different leadership than the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's and, given. Yeah. And I'm not talking about CDC. No, yes. No, I, yeah, I got you. And I think those guys believe in, like I've said it before, they're like us. Those guys are cussing at the TV on you know, or cussing yeah. at the stadium on Saturday. They're into it. They And they understand that for Texas to be a first-rate academic institution, it really helps when all the sports are humming. The alumni are happy, and they feel a lot more generous. And it attracts students. It attracts eyeballs. Yeah, absolutely, it does. The, the, absolutely. Flutie, the Flutie effect is real. It's documented. Boston College saw a freaking 50% increase in enrollment, or actually okay. applications after Doug Flutie won the Heisman, right? Um, yeah, I, I think... There are some similarities in the complacency and the potential for complacency because you just print money. But I think we have very different leadership who realize that we're, we're more, about more than just printing money and paying the bureaucracy. It's about paying the fans and it's about building out the university to excellence in every, every aspect. Yeah, no, I, I agree uh, under the current direction. I just, very, I think it's easy to compare the two just from uh, how they are set up angle yeah i mean just the the ease with which they can make revenue and sort of 
pay the bills and and they have an innate fan base that you you could frustrate, you can irritate, but they're still going to come back to you. They're like a, you know like a kick dog, right? Yep. Uh, but tell you what, it was a lot more fun with being a Cowboys fan in 1993. And it was a lot more fun being a Texas fan in, I don't know, between 98 to 2009. Yep. And you, you were, I mean, you were at Texas as a student in the sweet spot. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking sports illustrated covers of who's the best, you know, uh, us, you know, Kat Osterman on the cover versus, I don't know, whoever the chick was from Stanford, um, you know, and they're, Obviously, their 47 sports or whatever were as successful as our 20. And that was still a, you know, a conversation as to which athlete Barton was the best. Well, in their defense, we're never going to be able to touch them in water polo. So probably not. Nope. All right. We got to call it a wrap. What do you think, man? What do you think, dude? I say we uh, kick yeah, the tires. Go ahead. Super Bowl prediction. Uh, I, I, what I said on our text is what I'll say now. I don't have a feeling on this game, and I usually have a pretty strong feeling. Uh, when, when the Philadelphia played the Patriots a few years ago, uh, I was like, Philly's going to win this game. And I, I felt confident about that. Uh, I usually have a strong feeling. I'm not always right, obviously, but... I do not have a strong feeling about this game. I think the matchups to this game are weird. And I very, very much so. I agree. I, I could see Jalen Hurts coming out and laying a giant egg. And I could see Philadelphia running for 230 yards on Kansas City. I, I truly don't. I don't have a feel for this game. And I got to say. I feel better knowing that betters don't have a great feeling on this game. Nobody, uh, does. Nobody does. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I guess a lot of people are saying, well, just bet the over, right? Bet for points. I mean, if you've been watching KC, if you've been watching these playoff games, these aren't uh, scoring explosions. These are being played very tight. The coaches are coaching very tight. Um, not a lot of aggression. But, you know, usually the Super Bowl is when people let it go. Um, I do have a question for you, not to get too speculative or philosophical here, but when we were younger, the Super Bowl was kind of a laugher, like one truly better team was playing an inferior team. And when that inferior team got down for whatever reason, I mean, if they played in the regular season, they'd lose that game by 14, but in the Super Bowl, they'd get down and they get like, you know, it's Buffalo Bills, Dallas, 52 to 10. It's. Yep. San Francisco, San Diego, right? Like the games are not competitive. All of the Super Bowl games now are competitive. Is it just that you got rid of the dynasties? Is that, is that what's happening here? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think it's the, the free agency rules and all that to where the, the, I hate using the word parody, but I mean, this is probably one instance mm-hmm. where it's relevant, but I, th- I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I don't, you don't see the, the you know the American League East doesn't exist really in in the NFL. Um, I mean, I guess the NFC East would probably be the the closest thing to it. But 
I mean, was not really. Da- was <laughs> Dallas, Philadelphia, and New York really that much better than everybody else this year? <laughs> or did their records just happen to get them into the playoffs? You know, it, I would I would say that they weren't that much better. It just sort of worked out. Um, well, to your point, Randy, the NFC East of our childhood was oh, a juggernaut. Yeah, absolutely. The was. winner of the NFC East was going to win the Super Bowl. Yep. Like, yeah, or or they were going to lose to San Francisco in the, you know, the NFC title game. Yeah, in the NFC title game or whatever. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think it just, I think it's just a, a, you know, free agency salary cap. I, I think all that's just brought everything back down to where, yeah, you can have little pockets of dynasty, uh, but even so, it's just so hard. What, once you pay your quarterback, you got to get really creative. Yeah, and we say that, and one of the greatest football dynasties that ever occurred has happened over the last 20 years, which is the Patriots, right? Yes, but they never really had to pay their quarterback because he kept taking pay cuts. They didn't. And, and you know, ultimately, this wasn't more – This I wasn't asking the question purely just dynasties or whatever. It was just Super Bowls used to get out of hand, and they yeah, never no, get I, out I, Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I, I distinctly remember as a kid watching the Redskins fall yeah. down 10 nothing to the Broncos. And then Doug Williams comes out on a gimpy leg and just starts throwing touch. Then they start handing the ball off to Timmy Smith on counter tray, like right. every play. Mm-hmm. And this scrub running back is averaging, you know, 12 yards a carry, <laughs> right. running, running right. behind Joe Jacoby. And you're just like, oh, well, that's what I expected to happen. You know, I mean, yeah. That just doesn't happen anymore. So no, even even as the Patriots win their Super Bowls, they're not destroying people, right? Yep. They're winning the game. They go out and they win by a touchdown, just like it was yep. a regular season game. So yeah, good good right. franchise. Good franchises now win because they're adept at winning, not because they're just so dominant, way more talented than the the other people. You know, and and a lot of it comes down to the quarterback position, just because the way the game's structured. But um. But yeah, no, I was just curious to get your thoughts on it. Um, I would yeah. be inclined. I would be inclined to go with the better quarterback, which I think is Mahomes. But I think Philadelphia is the better team. Um, yes. And that may just be because I'm so tired of watching Kansas City come out and play somebody that they should beat by 30 to a field goal. Um, so you know, they put together a complete game. Good luck. And if they I know Philly's offensive line's good, but if they can figure out a way to isolate Jones on somebody that can't block him. I, I don't care. You can't block him. He's an MFer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I, Philadelphia is the better football team. I agree. Yeah. I, that, that's my take on it. I just, but Kansas City has the better quarterback. But, but and, the, yeah. mm-hmm. and I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to like lay an egg. No. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. No, no, that's not happening. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts might rush for 120 yards and throw for 240. Or I have no idea. I don't know how he's going to respond to the, the limelight. So I was, I was listening to a deal the other day, and he, the, the talking head or whatever said that they would their game plan would be to make him keep the ball so they could hit him. Because he's looked, you know, not 100% to, in that guy's opinion. I was like, Last game of the year, man. They don't got to worry about next week. Yeah, I mean, I don't see them caring if he has to carry the ball twenty times for two ten. 
to win the game. They'll they'll let him carry the ball 20 times and then he can he can rest on a beach in the offseason. The deadliest college quarterback who ever existed was Vince yes. Young in a bowl game. 100%. And I think it wouldn't surprise me to see them go that game plan on this if they have to. Yeah, I mean, Vince Young with a bowl game, he's got plenty of offseason to heal. We're running that cat 20 times and, yep. and we're going to throw it 40 times and he's going to handle the ball. 60 times and, yep. and we're just going to put the saddle on them and say, go win the game. Cause there's nothing to save him for who cares. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying Hertz can do that in the NFL, but it, it, it would not, it would not surprise me to see them say, uh, I really don't care how many times you run the ball. Um, we're going to go Lamar Jackson style and here you go. Yeah. I mean, you know, hitting the quarterback has a cumulative effect. Mm-hmm. And I think the Eagles, you know, he's had two weeks to heal. So I don't know yeah. where his shoulder is, but um, I, yeah, I don't either, but. Yeah, I mean, if he has 15 carries, I wouldn't be surprised. Not yeah. at all. Not a bit. No, no, I agree with you. I, I don't, I don't know which way it goes. Um, it, it, you know, better team or better quarterback. But I think those, those two things are on opposite sides. Hey, speaking of the quarterback, Quinn Ewers, he cut oh, the mullet. He cut the mullet. Yeah. Dude, we're doing this. It's now. It's destined now. It, yeah, no messing around, right? So, hey, have you seen uh, – I hope you've seen The Big Lebowski, right? I have, yes. Okay. So, you know that – I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. And there's an amazing scene where John Goodman, after Donnie dies, they, they, they put him in uh, – they bring up his ashes, and he gives this long speech, and then he starts talking about the Viet Cong in Vietnam, and, and the dude's just staring at him. And then, of course, he commits his ashes to the, to the water, and all the ashes come back on him. Do you think Quinn – went and stood on the 360 bluffs and threw his locks up in the air and then they all blew back like in their faces. Uh, This day and age, I guarantee you, he had some sort of deal to donate them to locks of love or something like that. I got to think that like Wrangler is going to have a a Ewers edition (laughs) where each, each gene has one of his locks sewed into it or something. That's going to be the, the W stitching on the back instead of thread is going to be his hair. It's his golden hair. Might have to get a pair of those. <laughs> for the for the sake of Quinn, for the sake of uh, co-eds everywhere, for the sake of me watching him on TV, I think the haircut was a good idea. Uh, he looks a lot better. <laughs> that said, you played in a tremendous sort of shitbag sport where looking like a shitbag is like fashionable. Did, did yeah. you ever? Did you ever have a mullet? I mean, not at Texas. I didn't because we we had the Yankee rules. Um. In the minor leagues, I had a, I attempted a little bit of a grow out of the hair. I don't know if it really ever approached mullet status. It's about like my beard now. Somebody the other day told me, "Oh, I didn't recognize you with your beard." I was like, "That's really kind of you to to classify this as a beard." It's just really pure laziness, to be honest with you. But, yeah, that's that's just a five. That's a seven yeah, o'clock shadow. Just, yeah, it's just I'm too lazy to get up ten minutes earlier to keep it in check, but um. No, no, I never really did anything too crazy. Yeah, I, I tried to do the hair a couple times. Uh, my wife will probably have some better comments on what it looked like than I. But uh, yeah, no, I, I did see the picture of Quinn. And uh, he, first of all, yeah, the hair and all that looks good. But Skinny. Uh, he, I was about to say, he looks like he's in a little better shape than maybe he was last year. Well, you know, so one thing I'll say, um, he was not in awesome physical shape last year. And fine, he's he's young. He's grown, you know, still figuring yep. it out. Uh, 
people forget he was a he was a very capable runner in high school. Yes, Quinn Ewers is a good athlete. He's he's a good athlete. He's not a like a he's not a four five dude, right? But with his skill set and the kind of offense we're going to run, and, and some of the the quality of offensive line play, some of the tr- players they're going to put around him, there's going to be some opportunities for Quinn Ewers to to take off for 15 yard gains. And yep. seeing saw, him in shape is a, is a good thing. Yeah, he saw a little bit in the bowl game, right? He was a little more willing to yeah move around. So by yeah, no means, I think by no means do I. Sorry, I was going to say by no means do I want him running like zone read all the time. I'm just saying as a changeup. Go get your go run to the sticks, get get the eight yards yeah. and get a new set of downs, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, third and four. Hey, they manned everybody up and everybody's got their back turned to you. Feel go, free. Go, go chase one of those linebackers for a and, little while until he turns and, around. And and slide like eight yards out from him. Like a little little better on the sliding thing. Hey, as a as a baseball dude, do you ever do you ever die laughing at the football players who clearly did not play baseball when they slide? <laughs> Randy is shaking his head in disgust. I mean, I don't know if it's just something that's innate because I played the game from a little kid growing up, but it literally takes like five minutes to teach somebody how to do that. Like, See, I, I, I would not know I how to know. properly slide unless you taught me. Uh, I don't know. But I will say this. So feet first is supposedly the I give up deal. I think diving head first and getting your head to the ground as fast as humanly possible is probably the safer way to do it. As long as you're going down and not diving, because I've seen how many guys have you seen slide incorrectly where their upper body stays up? That's true. And the dude flies in and he's trying to jump over him and his knee catches the quarterback in the head. So that's a that you know what? That's a great point, because at first I was thinking, no, because there's going to be that Ravens linebacker who wants to do a kill shot on you. But he's going to get the kill shot if you do a bad slide. Yeah, I'm not not talking we're diving head first. I'm just saying, like, hey, if you're running, like, let's tuck our left shoulder, go down and roll, as opposed to – I mean, if you can slide and get get back the way you're supposed to, great. But, I mean, there's way too many times. I mean, the the, – hell, TC, you got two or three guys this year on the same thing where – I mean, yeah. yeah, they lost. They lost their safety, but the other team lost their quarterback just because he's he's sliding and he's you know his upper body is completely vertical. And it's like, hey, hit me in the head. You know what? You make a great point. It's the it's the erect slide where yeah. your your upper yeah. body just stays up and you keep. <laughs> all you yeah. need is one linebacker. I mean, I mean, because the defender is going to dip his shoulder, and if you run into him, he's he's going to yeah, you're going to get KO'd. Yeah, that's I mean, a, that's yeah, a fair I mean, point. If you if you give yourself up ten yards before, it doesn't matter. But I mean, how many times is that really the case where you're not trying to eke out a couple more yards? Anyway, I don't know. Just something I've seen over the years where I just think it you'd be better off just doing a little shoulder duck and side rolling and calling it a day. You know, now that you mention it, did you ever see Vince Young slide? No, you know what you ever also never saw Vince Young do? Go to the ground. <laughs> yeah, it was sure. amazing. It was amazing. Like this is one of the most amazing qualities I think he had. Yeah. Like how many times did he get quote unquote tackled where there were seven guys hanging on him and he's still just standing up like, all right, what's the next play? Like literally, like it was very, very seldomly if if he got caught in traffic, did he actually go to the ground? It was weird. He just had some sort of weird body control that was next level. 
amongst amongst other things that were next level. In addition to having Gumby ankles. Yep. I mean, I've I've seen that dude's ankle bent, touch the turf, pop right. back in, and I'm like, well, he's done for the year. Two plays later, he runs for 30 yards. Yeah, B. John Scorpion deal, right? Like, you and I would be in a hospital. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. No, some of those guys are just built different. They're, they're not us, man. They're nah, not that's us. Correct. So, all right. Anyway, but yeah, no, I, I, Super Bowl, no clue, but we can hit on everything else later. Yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, penetrating insights. For both of us on the Super Bowl there, but yeah, really, it's, it's the hard hitting coverage you come here for. Hey, mostly Mount, I'm just mountain, about- mountain lion control, and we don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> and we don't know what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. Y'all are welcome. <laughs> I babble about mountain lion control, and Randy's coveted SEC trip is Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just like cowbells, man. I got it. How come you don't like cowbells? That Saturday Live <laughs> skit just speaks to you. That's right. Huge Will Ferrell fan. Hey, man. Uh, I'm just fired up about the SEC. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's finally off high center and we got it to look forward to because I, I just, it couldn't happen soon enough. Yep. All right, man. Well, we gave you all a good uh, hour and 20 minutes of workmanlike sports analysis, uh, but mostly it's two guys who love Texas who are fired up about this move and the, what it means. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the one thing we can agree on and come back to, and I hate to do it again, is Texas, when challenged, is Texas at its best. And that's what this move represents. And, uh, you know, Randy has a little insight on what high expectations mean at Texas, playing baseball at Texas. And uh, it's time football got back to where it should be. Yes, sir. I agree. Let's do it. All right, man. Well, for Randy Boone, I'm Paul Wadlington saying – we're out. All right, man. Take it easy. Hook them. Interest rates are up and the market is tumultuous. And now more than ever, you need the best darn possible mortgage broker working on your behalf. That's Gabe Winslow. And you can reach him at 832-557-1095. Or you can go to mortgagesbygabe.com. What makes Gabe so unique? Well, he's incredibly bright. He's a UT grad. He's got a law degree. He's been in the mortgage industry for over 20 years, and he is a true mortgage broker. What does that mean? It means he can shop for the best deal at over 80 different lenders and find you the terms that best suit you. Most mortgage guys you talk to won't reveal that they have exactly one size fits all for you and exactly one conduit to get your loan. If you are in these hyper-competitive markets and you're in these markets that are frankly gotten a a lot less friendly to the consumer, you need the best possible person working on your behalf. That's Gabe Winslow. He has our full endorsement. You can reach him at 832-557-1095.